Shalom Mishpacha. Shalom, family. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people, where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile, it's finally come down to form one new man, one new humanity, getting ready, Mishpacha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be Red hot for the Messiah. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Maybe you've observed this. Maybe you haven't. Uh, but when I go to a church and I say, I want everyone to be really honest with me. Raise your hand if you're believing God to be physically healed. Do you know if they're really honest with me, I will have over 90% of the people raise their hands. I'm not discounting the miracles that happen in those churches, but I'm saying, what's the problem? And there is a problem. And I believe that as my guest explains her walk and what she's been taught by the Holy Spirit, you will understand why this should not be and will not be, and perhaps the missing ingredient in you walking out what has already been granted you, because your healing occurred over 2,000 years ago, will be what Catherine Ronala will teach. Now, Catherine is from Brisbane, Australia. She corrected me. I said it was Brisbane, and Catherine said, no, it's Brisbane. So now, now I'm going to be okay in Australia, or I'd have all your, my Australian friends upset with me. Uh, Catherine, just to kind of whet the appetite, tell me about the time you were in Augusta, Georgia. You had a word of knowledge about a deaf ear. Well, we have seen so many people being healed of deafness and had deaf ears open, and I was doing a meeting and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge, the first word that I had for the evening, that there was someone there with a deaf ear that, that needed their hearing restored. And a lady came forward, but she actually had no ear. She had had an operation to have her eardrum cut out and her ear removed because of a cancerous tumor. And I felt so intimidated when I looked and I saw the place where her ear used to be and her beautiful face shining and expecting God to give her hearing, that I thought, oh, Lord, what are you doing? I, I was. <laughs> you didn't show that to anyone, I don't think, <laughs> but the Lord knew. <laughs> That's right. And uh, so I went to pray for her, and as I laid my, my hand on her ear, well, well, the place where the ear used to be, I felt the Lord say, ask her if she can hear. And I said, I was saying to myself, Lord, I have faith to believe that maybe you could grow an eardrum overnight, but I really didn't feel like I had a lot of faith to see such a major miracle. But I've always learned that God's smarter than I am, that his ways are higher, and obedience brings blessing. And so I went to pray for her, and then I whispered into her ear, I said, can you hear me? And she swung her head round and said, yes. And I said, really? I was so surprised. Her hearing had been completely restored. And then suddenly in the room, faith just 
rose up in the people. We started to have people come forward who had cataracts and they would just begin to disappear in front of us. They got their eyesight restored. They had uh, a man with crippled fingers, uh, had with arthritic fingers all curled up on top of each other, had his fingers just straighten out. Uh, he plays the guitar now. And uh, the glory of God just came. I was so surprised. You know, God is so much more willing to heal than we are to see him move. He, uh, he is, you give him an opportunity and he takes full advantage when, when people just come to him for help. Okay, I just wanted to give you a taste of what God's doing with Catherine. But I'm going to take you back to age 12. You're at a youth camp and you're kind of struggling. What were you struggling with? I was brought up in Sunday school. I believed that God existed. I knew he was real, but I I just got real with God. I, I, everybody was lifting their hands and worshiping and singing, and I just began to, to speak to God and say, Lord, I believe in you, but I can't see you, and I, I don't know you, and it's really hard to worship somebody I can't see and don't know because I thought I can do what I know I should, but without a connection, it just didn't, I, I couldn't, make, it didn't feel real to me. So I cried out, Lord, help. You know, help is still my very best prayer. Hmm. And uh, By the way, that's how I got saved. My, my, my prayer was not a typical prayer. My prayer was a two-word prayer. Jesus, help. <laughs> that, that's how I got saved. He loves to do that. In fact, that's who he is. He always manifests himself as the answer to anyone who comes and asks. And right there in the middle of the worship, the Lord just made himself real to me. I had a vision. And the only way I can really describe it is that I was blind, but now I see. It was a supernatural revelation of God. And Suddenly, I had a connection. I knew who I was worshiping. I wasn't worshiping as somebody that I, I, I had a concept about. I, had, I was worshiping somebody that I knew, and it was a supernatural thing. I believe God wants to do for everyone that will ask him. Now, everyone would think you lived happily ever after, but uh, you had been abused and you had to leave your home shortly thereafter, and you were dealing with most of your life with insecurity, shame, fear, rejection. And uh, one day you take a job teaching uh, in a Christian school. They have orientation week, I guess, and they gave you uh, an assignment. What was that assignment? Well, they said, go away for 15 minutes and write down what the Lord says to you. And so I went away and, and I was talking to the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, well, now tell me what you want to change. Tell me what you want to fix. And I, I heard him speak to me so clearly. He said, I love you. And I, I argued with God. I said, Lord, everybody knows that. I mean, even the Beatles wrote a song about Jesus loving <laughs> you. But come on, God, I, I'm serious. I'm open here. Tell me what you want to change. Tell me what you need to fix in me. And for 15 minutes, he said three words over and over again. I, I felt embarrassed going back into the room thinking, well, after 15 minutes, all I've got is three words. But, you know, they were the three words I needed to know more than anything. I was so full 
of fear. I was so full of rejection that the perfect love of God is what casts out fear. And God was trying to say to me, I, I want you to know that I'm for you, that I love you, that I'm not looking to be harsh on you. I want you to come close to me and know that I've got the answer to all your insecurities, all your fears, and I want my perfect love to just heal you and cast out all of your fears. You know, that's what the scripture says. Those, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So that was the beginning of a journey for me into knowing the love of God. And, and, and you, so you uh, get married to Prince Charming. You're a young mother, but all of that rejection, all that fear, all that shame, it was still trapped inside of you. Um, and uh, one day... Uh, you decide to ask God three questions. What were the three questions? Well, I was driving to the meeting, and I'd been reading about the Holy Spirit being my helper and my teacher, and so I thought, well, if you're my teacher and you're my helper, surely I must be able to ask you some questions. You see, ever since I would, had been saved, I really knew that God God helped me when I got real with Him, when I when I didn't play religious games, but I just talked to him as my friend. So I, I, I said, all right, so Holy Spirit, would you, set me, would you teach me about this falling down business? I, I had, uh, I'd seen people in meetings being, uh, fallen, fall down when people prayed for them, and I thought, I didn't know what that was, whether they were you know, courtesy drops or whether it was the power of God or whether they were pushed, and I just sincerely wanted to know. It was a funny little question, and and I said to him, "And Lord, I've got this ganglion tumor on my wrist. It, it was benign; it didn't uh, have any danger, but it was uncomfortable." And I asked the Lord to, to heal me that night. And then I said this: "I said, Lord, would you set me free from the fear that my husband would die? Because I met this beautiful man who had signed a piece of paper to say that he would love me until he died." And uh, so naturally, for somebody so needy for love, I, uh, my next thought was, well, what happens if he does die? And I, I just was plagued with this fear. But actually, it was the tip of a huge iceberg. And that, that iceberg was, was based in all, the, in all the shame and the abandonment and the rejection that I'd experienced. And so someone could look at you on the outside and say, boy, that Catherine Runella has it all together, wonderful husband, wonderful mother. But on the inside, you knew something was wrong. Hold those thoughts. But I want to talk about a book, and I want to talk about seven CDs. And this is what's going to happen when you get Catherine's book and listen to her seven CDs. You're going to stop struggling for the miraculous in your life. You're going to learn to be a gateway that God can step right through. You will believe so completely in God's love for you that you'll be amazed when the, if a miracle doesn't happen and you're going to let God flow through you like never before. It won't be you healing someone because the truth is you can't heal anyone. 
I believe that as you read the book and listen to Catherine's teaching, the same love of God that she discovered was the answer to every problem in her life. It's going to come upon you. And that's what Catherine accomplishes that I haven't seen it accomplished elsewhere. It's a how to operate in the love of God. And remember, faith works through love. So we're making the book, Living in the Miraculous, and the seven messages available for a gift of $49. Call her right today. Call our order only line, 1 800 447 2697. 1 800 447 2697. So on yesterday's broadcast, uh, your young mother, you're filled with all sorts of insecurity, shame, fear from abuse you had as a child. Uh, it was You were a believer. You loved the Lord. You loved your husband. You loved your family. But you still had those problems inside. So you're going to a meeting, and you ask God three questions. Number one, what is this falling down? Are they really being shoved down? Is that really you, God, doing it? The second question was, I've got a cyst on my wrist, and uh, I want to get rid of it. The third question was, God, if I could be free from this fear, it would be so wonderful. So you get to the meeting, Catherine, and what happened? Well, I bet the pastor had suggested that people fast and pray for the, a healing. And so I, I hadn't done that. I'd, I'd not thought about it until dinner time. And so I just had skipped dinner and uh, read a scripture and thought, maybe that'll be all right. <laughs> and... Uh, he, he called people forward at the end of the meeting who needed prayer for healing. And uh, I didn't really feel like I fully qualified, but I thought, I'll just slip on the end. And I lifted up my hands, and right there, the power of God came. And I found myself on the floor with the power of God just touching me so amazingly. Finally, the uh, pastor came to me and picked me up, and he just said, oppression, go. And bang, I was all over the floor again. And during that time, I saw the face of Jesus right in front of me, and he spoke to me, and he said, Catherine, I'm setting you free from everything. And, you know, unbeknownst to me, the fear that I had that my husband would die was just the tip of a huge iceberg of insecurity and rejection and abandonment. And right there, God came, and he did such a deep work of deliverance that when I finally got up off the floor an hour later, I was different. I was free. And the, the following week, the, uh, there was another meeting and a message about shame. And so I, I went forward just to, to because I felt like I related to that. I felt the Lord just asked me to keep staying there. And I began to look, and the Lord began to show me a vision. And I saw myself as a little child with my head on the father's lap, and he was stroking my hair. And I, I'd never had an experience like that. And then I saw myself as a child with this really ugly face, and the, the ugly face just peeled off like a mask and floated away. And then I saw myself as, I saw this woman walking in the heavens, clothed in the most beautiful robes. And the only way I could really describe her is that she was clothed in dignity. And then the Lord said, that's you. And I felt 
fell on the floor again. <laughs> you know, in, in those two experiences, God set me free from the deep fears and the insecurities and just began to show me the, the desire that he has to fill my need for love. So the, this shame you had was replaced with what you just described. You had your dignity back. That's so true. The scripture says those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. And that's the reality of it. Every day God wants to look at us and, and lift up our heads. He's the glory and the lifter of our heads. It's like a, the blessing in, in Numbers chapter 6. He lifts up his countenance upon us. The Lord wants to make his face shine on us. And, and in his presence... His perfect love just casts out fear and causes us to just shine with the love of God. Well, after that experience, uh, I would imagine people even looked at you and said, you look different. You know, they did. I I had people come up to me who'd not seen me for some time and say, what's happened to you? You look so different. Because everything about me from the inside out changed. I began to to walk differently, and my faith began to be activated. Being delivered and having the Holy Spirit uh, touch me like that, I began to be able to trust God in ways I'd never experienced before. Because faith is, as you said, works by love. And we are not expected to have faith in somebody that we don't personally know. And I just truly believe that God wants to develop such an intimacy with us that we, we can have, uh, easily have faith in him because we know how much he cares for us. We understand his nature. The, the Bible tells us that those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Now, just out of curiosity, you knew what you were dealing with all these years. You knew uh, some of the things that caused it. Uh, had you had psychiatric help for these problems of the shame, deep shame and everything? Well, I kept it a secret for so many years, and then when it, when it, it uh, somebody asked me about it, and the the secret started to come out, I panicked, and my whole body actually started misbehaving. They even did exploratory surgery to try and figure out what was going wrong with me. People suggested that I go and get counseling, and the last thing I wanted to do was talk about it. So you're saying instantly on the floor. A few minutes of God's Spirit was better than the 15 years of psychoanalysis. <laughs> oh, it's so true. And, you know, I, I value um, medical professionals, but the reality is God did for me in a moment what a hundred psychologists could never have done. He restored my identity. He restored my dignity. And He showed me in a way that nobody else could the value that he has for me and the love that he has for me. I tell you, God knows how to restore our soul. Now, something else I find interesting is after that encounter, the prophetic started operating and with uh, words and visions, and uh, you began to hear God clearer than you ever did before. This is so true, and it was wonderful, and the call of God came on my life. I had previously, I, I hadn't had a thought uh, of uh, 
preaching, of ministering, of healing the sick. And all of a sudden, God began to unlock the prophetic anointing. He began to give me visions. For, for many days, I would find myself groaning on the floor as he was giving me visions of, of what he would have me to do in the future. And I journaled these things in the promises of God. And everything began to change. I believe that the Holy Spirit commissioned me because he, he had won my heart. And I, I had tasted of him. And the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I know that when you start to taste of God, everything changes because you begin to realize this is what I am created for. I am created for fellowship with God. I'm created to be used by God. And I believe that's for everybody listening. In fact, even as somebody's listening today, I, I see a woman who is, is listening to this and God is stirring you on the inside and saying, I've created you for miracles. I've created you to shine through you. In fact, he's been polishing you up to shine like a star in the universe. And he wants to pull it out of you. He wants you to look up at him and know that he has a destiny and a future for you. Tell me one of the first miracles that happened after this encounter. Well, I had the opportunity to share at a, um, a meeting, and a lady came forward for prayer. She was a sweet lady, and uh, she said, I'm a Baptist, and, and she, said, she was just beautiful, and said, I have a tumor, and could you please pray for me? And so I said, sure. And as I went to pray for her, uh, the Holy Spirit touched her. She fell on the floor and she said she felt the hand of God go into her belly four times. And I, I, I went away afterwards. I was traveling and came back six weeks later to a flurry of excitement. Uh, this was uh, somebody that many people knew. And she, I, unbeknownst to me, this lady had been in for an operation before she came for prayer. And the doctors had discovered a six-inch tumor wrapped around her pancreas. And they'd tried to operate, but discovered it was inoperable. And she also had cirrhosis of the liver. But when I came back six weeks later, she'd had had a barrage of tests. They'd discovered that there was now no longer any trace of a tumor. There was no trace of cancer. And she had a new liver. And I was so amazed because I didn't know any of the other details. But when she gave God an opportunity to come and take the tumor, God restored her body. As a result, her husband got saved. She was completely made whole. And so for me, it was just such a delight and a joy to see that we don't have to try to make things happen. We just have to let God move through us. And he does exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, hope, or imagine. Catherine and her husband pastor a church in Brisbane, Australia. And Catherine is, uh, I don't believe it's an accident, Catherine, that that's your first name, because as I read about you, I think about another Catherine that I personally uh, got to know, Catherine Coleman. And uh, some mutual friends of ours have been saying that you're really walking in that anointing. In fact, you told me that you walk by people and they get healed. Tell me one. Well, that just I just last month I got a report. I was back in an area I had been in last year, 
And the lady was so excited to tell me that she'd been in a meeting, and as I'd walked past, she'd felt a wind of the Spirit go through her, and she was instantly healed. And, you know, I, I believe that we are meant to be carriers of the Holy Spirit. But Catherine Coleman is someone that has been so important to me in just to, to see the, the relationship she had with the Holy Spirit. I remember one night that uh, I was coming home from a meeting where God had done an amazing miracle, in fact, many amazing miracles, and I felt a little bit intimidated, uh, thinking that I have another meeting tomorrow night and all these people are going to bring all of their sick friends because they'd watched with their own eyes extraordinary things. That tell, tell me one miracle at that time that occurred. Well, that night, uh, one la- a lady had had her who'd had her eardrum cut out because of cancer, had her hearing restored, and cataracts that had clouded pe- uh, a, a man's eyes instantly dissolved. And people were just uh, so excited. And I remember climbing the stairs to my room that night. I was staying at the pastor's home and thinking to myself, Oh, Lord, I, you know, I know I didn't do that. I hope you show up tonight, t- uh, tomorrow night and, and do it again. And as I was coming up the stairs, I'd left my computer playing on shuffle. And I heard one of Catherine Coleman's heart-to-heart radio talks. And she was saying, as I was thinking these things, I heard her say, every time I walk out onto the platform, I die a thousand deaths. And I remember hearing her say that, by the way, but go ahead. <laughs> Knowing that the, the people, people are coming, that for them this is their last hope. And I thought to myself, oh, I understand that pressure. But it was so lovely to hear her continue. She said, but I encourage myself that everything Jesus did on the earth, he did as a man, utterly dependent on the Holy Spirit. And then as I walked into my room, she said, and the Holy Spirit never let him down. And I smiled, and then I heard her say, and the Holy Spirit will never let you down. And, you know, I felt like I had been kissed by God. <laughs> the, the next night, more deaf ears opened, more miracles happened. And it was just such an encouragement from the Holy Spirit that, that we can utterly depend on Him because He is utterly dependable. And you can only really know that as you get to know him personally. Now, now I talked to you on the phone a few days ago, and uh, you talked to me about a subject that I want you to discuss, and that is humility and totally helpless without God. Oh, yes. You know, I really believe this is the word of the Lord at the moment, that God is really wanting to open up our eyes to see the depth of our need. Because I believe that it's only when we understand our need for God that we will cry out and receive what He wants to give. I believe it's to the, the level of your, your, your need that, you are, that you'll go to God and get what He wants to give. You know, in the, in the book of Revelation, it talks about a church that thinks of themselves as rich and full and having need of nothing. And we're counseled to cry out to God to buy eye salve. And I've been praying that even myself recently. Lord, give me eye salve to see the depth of my need. I remember once being on an altar call and in the early days, uh, just crying out to God saying, Lord, 
I feel like I've got a big jagged cut in my life and nobody is able to fill my need for love. And as I was looking at the cut, I saw a piece from heaven coming out, shaped right down uh, in exactly the same shape as the, as the cut in my life. And, you know, I believe that God wants to fill us to the level of our deepest need. But unless we are aware of our need for him, we, we're not going to go to him and get what he wants to give us. He says he's laid a banqueting table before us in the presence of our enemies. But unless we actually recognize our need, unless we go to him to, to help him show us that we are desperately needy, that actually we're not rich and full and having need of nothing, we are desperately in need, then we miss out on the, the true filling. You know, we, we spend our money on what's not actually bread, like the scripture says. And yet God's wanting to us to exchange our weakness, use that as currency, exchange our weakness so that we can receive his supernatural strength. Well, well, you know, Catherine, a lot of people look at the ministry that God's entrusted to me and they think, boy, he's a sharp businessman. He's brilliant. He's got so much gifting. But guess what? I know what you've been talking about. I am 100% dependent on God, and not just for a miracle to happen. <laughs> That's minor. For everything to happen. And the smarter, I, the older I get, the smarter I get. And when I say the smarter I get, the more I re- the reason I get so smart is I realize I need God more. I, when I was younger, I didn't realize it. I was stupid. Now that I'm older, I realize how much I need God in every relationship, in everything that goes on in my life. And that's what I see going on with you right now, Catherine. He's our ever-present help in time of need. And my time of need is all the time. And I really believe that is one of the best revelations God's given me. Because knowing that I need his help and knowing that he's so willing and so so wanting to give me more than I, more than I need, has been the key, I believe, to really walking in a joy and a deep satisfaction that produces fruit and supernatural miracles. You know, I read a book uh, another a number of years ago uh, about the presence of God. Uh, that was Brother Lawrence wrote it, practicing the presence of God, and. Um, to what degree do you do that? I need to spend time alone with God more than I need anything. And so I love to walk and talk with God. I, I do all my verbal processing with Him. I tell Him how I'm feeling, and I look to Him for help. I, you know, He is my ever-present help, and He's my teacher and my counselor. And when I expose my need to him, when I talk to him about my fears, when I talk to him about my weaknesses, he's always got the answer for me. And he always manifests himself to me with what I need. The Bible tells us that he makes us lie down in green pastures and he restores our soul. And every day, I believe that God wants to give us daily bread. He wants to, to help us. And unless we actually take advantage of this beautiful fellowship, we miss out on the rich fare that God wants to feed us with day by day. To walk with Him is my greatest joy, and it's the thing that I need above anything else. Now, when you pray for someone, and they've got 
let's take the person that had no ear and no eardrum. Uh, you certainly, you, you don't have to be uh, a Ph.D. to know you're in trouble if God doesn't show up. Uh, so you, you put your hand on them and you pray. But what's going on inside of Catherine Ronaldo? Oh, well, at that, at that moment, I was thinking I, I had enough faith to believe that a, her eardrum might grow back overnight. I, I honestly did not feel like I had huge faith, but I've, I, this I know, that when God tells me to do something, that obedience brings blessing. And I just, I just trust that He knows what He's doing. And, you know, sometimes when I go to pray for the sick, I find myself... Uh, you know, really wanting to try and see it happen. And the Holy Spirit will just tap me on the shoulder and say, rest back into me, because it's through Him that it flows. And as a result, I've started to see people get healed before I get to, to lay hands on them. I, I've started to just become God's reporter, that they, they when I have the word of knowledge, they, they step out and God's touched them before I can even get to them. And you know what it sounds like? It's almost like uh, I kid around a lot sometimes. and I demonstrate it when I'm speaking before a group. I, I, I say, watch this. I'm going to not say a word and watch what happens to the presence of God. And the minute I shut my mouth, the presence of God increases. So <laughs> it, it, it lets me know how important I am to the deal. Oh, <laughs> so true. He just enjoys uh, working with us. He enjoys working through us, but I tell you, He is God, and He is the healer. And when people become aware of His presence and reach out to Him, He is irresistibly drawn to anybody who will become vulnerable and expose their need to Him and look to Him for help. Now, Jesus always manifests Himself as the answer. That's who He is, and that's that's who he was when we read about him in the scripture. Everyone who came to him with a problem and looked to him for help, he manifested himself as the answer to him, to them. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we'll get humble and expose our need to him and look to him. Believe- yeah, you know, I don't hear that word that often. Humble. Humility. And that is the missing ingredient in many, many Christians. But I'll tell you what. Catherine wants to mentor you because that's what she does. She's got a whole ministry team that does what she does. And she has a book, Living in the Miraculous, and the seven CD messages. It's a set, Mindset for Miracles, available for a gift of $49. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. I'm Red Hot for the Messiah and Jewish people throughout the world because we have distributed millions of books. Of uh, I had a dream, and God said, if I would write a book with Jewish testimonies, he would cause more Jewish people to come to know him than anything I'd ever done, and it's true. And just a few weeks ago, I got a phone call from a very ultra-Orthodox Jewish woman that read my book, and she said, God, I can't deal with this. Either kill me or show me the truth. She used, actually used those words. And guess what? 
she said, I don't know if I was in my body or, or out of my body, but all of a sudden I was in the presence of a man and he had, uh, his hands were pierced and his feet were pierced. And then I looked at his eyes and I saw so much love. I was totally undone, and he told me his name was Jesus, and that I'll tell you, I would follow this man anywhere. Well, my guest is Catherine Runala. Uh, she comes from uh, Brisbane, Australia, uh, and uh, Catherine and her husband pastor a church there. Uh, now, Catherine, if I could turn her over to you, she knows nothing about the New Testament. All she knows is Jesus is real. And by the way, I wish everyone that called themselves Christians would know that. Um, but how would you mentor her in worship? Well, I really believe that the Father is seeking worshipers who worship him in spirit and truth. And that, to me, is the Holy Spirit revealing the Messiah to us. And God's looking for worship that's a genuine heart response to revelation. And revelation is something the Holy Spirit wants to provide for us every day. The Holy Ghost wants to show us more about the Father, more about the Messiah, so that we can have a genuine heart response. And even as she uh, was converted in finding Christ, having the eyes of her understanding enlightened in the knowledge of him, the desire of God is that every one of us would daily grow in revelation knowledge of who he is so that we can discover him as we worship him. We can look to him with an expectation that the Holy Spirit is going to give us revelation to respond to. And whether that be in a song or whether it just be in awe and amazement or a squeal of delight, if it's a genuine heart response, then that's what worship is. And as we read the scripture, I encourage our people, because we're seeing many come to Christ who have never read a Bible, don't know the Lord's Prayer, know very little about Christianity. I encourage them to read whole books of the Bible, read whole gospels, whole epistles, and, and to enjoy it and ask the Holy Spirit to teach them as they read, reveal, reveal the Lord to them. And as they do that, I, I believe that God is wanting us to, to pause at every time we get revelation and release worship to God. And that can look different for, for every person. I'm a very vocal, responsive person. And if I, I, I'll get excited and, and squeal and sing and jump up and down with joy and my husband, he's quieter. He might, uh, he might just have a tear trickle down his face as, as, as the Lord reveals himself to him. But as we genuinely allow the Lord to provoke us to a, a, a response of worship, that is pure worship. And the other thing is, worship is not about us just telling God how good he is. I, I never understood that. But actually, worship is lover's talk. It's us looking to him, lifting up our hands like little children, and him scooping us up and responding to us. And as we look to him, he reveals himself to us. And as he reveals himself to us, we respond, and it becomes this divine embrace. And for me, worship is the most glorious experience. It's 
the thing that satisfies my soul more than anything else because it is union with God. It's fellowship with Him. And to develop and uh, cultivate a lifestyle of worship, uh, responding to the Spirit revealing the Messiah, revealing the Lord through the Word of God, is the most powerful way that we can develop relationship with God. Now, in your book, you talk about something that gave you a major breakthrough as you began to pray the prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. Uh, Tell me what a difference that made in you. Oh, well, I really, I, I knew I needed to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. I was quite an insecure person, worried about what people were thinking. And and so I knew, I heard a testimony. Someone shared at a meeting that they had prayed this apostolic prayer. They'd personalized it and prayed it for three months and had amazing encounters with God. And I thought, well, I'm going to try that. So I wrote the prayer out. I actually recorded it. And I learned it, I memorized it, I personalized it for myself, and I just began to pray. And I prayed really believing that God would answer me, because the Scripture told me that whatever I asked according to the will of God, I could have. And this was definitely the will of God for me. It was a prayer that Paul prayed for all the saints. So the will of God for me was truly to know His love. So I just began to pray this every day. Lord, let me know, I ask for the Spirit of God to strengthen me with might in my inner being, that I may truly know Christ dwelling in my heart through faith, that I would be rooted and established in love, that I would know the love of God that passes knowledge, that I'd know the height and the depth and the width and the breadth. Lord, help me to know the fullness of your love, that I might be filled to overflowing with you. And I prayed this every day, and I tell you, my life began to be dramatically transformed. And God came in, and as His love came in, the fear went out. His perfect love truly cast out fear. And I began to relate to people differently. I began to move in faith and and joy and confidence, a holy confidence. It's not arrogant, but secure, knowing that God is for me, that he's with me, and that his purposes are for, for me, uh, and his desires and his promises are yes and amen. It, it's, to me, the most wonderful prayer. And I, I love to pray the, the prayers of the Bible, to pray the scripture. And it's one of my favorite things to do. I encourage all our people and all those that I mentor to do this, because as you pray the word of God, in faith, believing for it, God delights to give us what we're crying out for. Tell me about yummy daddy time. (laughs) Oh, I love to talk about knowing God, about enjoying his presence. And one of my interns one day called me on the phone and he, he quoted this phrase. He said, oh, hi, Pastor Catherine. Have you had your yummy daddy time yet? And I laughed. I thought to myself, what a wonderful way to put it. Because sometimes people think about spending time with God as, as a chore or something that they should do, and they get condemned thinking that they're not doing it enough. But actually, it's a delight. It's the thing we get to do. We get to 
spend time with God in a way that fills our appetite and our hunger for everything we need, emotionally, physically, spiritually. God wants to so satisfy us. And I, it, I thought, what that should be a Christian greeting, you know, that instead of saying, you know, have you spent time with God today? When we talk about yummy daddy time, it's it's a funny but the beautiful way of reminding people that this is this is the the luxury, the joy that you get to spend time alone with Daddy God. On tomorrow's broadcast, because you have spent time alone with Daddy God, I believe that as you teach that the words of knowledge will come forth and many people are going to be physically healed. Uh, but when you spend time with, when you spend yummy daddy time, what do you do? You know, I go, I often uh, get outside of the house, away from computers and phones, and I'll walk with him. Or I'll get alone in my room and and just in the presence of God, look to him and begin to worship him. Sometimes I'll pray in the Spirit, uh, praying in an unknown tongue, knowing that He's praying through me. I'll talk to Him about all the things that I'm thinking about, all the things that are, are worrying and concerning me, and and bring all my cares to Him. You know, the book of Philippians in chapter 4 says, Be anxious about nothing, but in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, with uh, in supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God will guard your heart. So I, I go through and I talk about everything that's on my heart, everything that, that's bothering me, everything I want to pray about and feel like I, I need to pray about. And then I like to take time to hear what's on his heart, to, to listen to what he has to say. And then just to be aware of his presence and walk with him and adore him and let him love me. It, uh, it's, it's so precious. It's so intimate and powerful. And, you know, it's not our, our job or, or the religious exercise that we should do every day. It's, it's the greatest joy of the believer's life to walk with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. My guest, Catherine Renala, she's read Hot for the Messiah, all the way from Brisbane, Australia, uh, where she and her husband pastor a church, and they've got teams, ministry teams, that move in the supernatural at levels that are consistent with the Bible rather than consistent with religion. And uh, I tell you, Catherine, before we went on the air, uh, one of the things I got out of your book that I loved is a phrase that you use, double for your trouble. And (laughs) recently I slipped and I literally broke my jaw. And I'll tell you what, I've been running around saying, devil, I'm getting double for my trouble and I can't wait to see what I'm going to get. (laughs) Is that the way you feel when you say that? That's so wonderful. The, the scripture actually tells us in Isaiah 61 that for our former shame, pain, and disgrace, he will give us double recompense because God loves justice. And his form of justice is so much more wonderful than ours. He delights to, to not only restore and make miracles out of messes, he wants to bring beauty for ashes even when we haven't deserved it because of what 
the Messiah has done for us. And I've really learned that we need to not waste a drop of our pain, shame, dishonor, but to sow it in faith and really believe that God wants to not only uh, restore it, but he wants to use all things to work together for our good. And we've seen that happen over and over again. I remember uh, when we got uh, somebody that took a bit of a dislike to us, didn't know me, but put some things up on the internet about us. I, I, I was frustrated. I thought, oh, no, that's not fair. And my sweet husband told me I'm not allowed to watch it, not allowed to look at it, because it's not good to, to feast on that stuff. But we instead, rather than retaliating and trying to respond, we we chose, we decided we're going to respond in the Spirit. We're going to take that that dishonor and we're going to sow it in faith for, for double recompense. And uh, we just claimed double favor on the Internet, double favor with the media. And I tell you, very soon after, we started to get so much favor on the media, so much favor on the Internet. Uh, YouTube wanted to pay us for all the videos that that we were were showing the miracles of God on. And just extraordinary how God wants to make all things work together for our good. If we'll choose not to, to fight in the flesh, but to instead to respond in faith, saying, Lord, I've got this. I've got some ashes here. I'm going to sow in faith to receive beauty. I've got some mess here. I'm going to sow it in faith. Pain, shame, disgrace, and I'm going to receive. I'm going to look to you to receive double recompense. And I've seen that over and over again. Tell me about the time you were uh, going to England because God had promised you open doors, and then you had a dream, very strange dream. I really believe that the the Holy Spirit is the revealer of mysteries and that he does speak through dreams. And the Lord had uh, given me a prophetic promise that he was going to open doors to England. And I looked at my calendar and in faith, I'd I'd slotted in a a couple of weeks where I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you to open those doors. I didn't know anybody in England. I didn't contact anybody, but I just, I thought I'm going to believe God for this. But as the, the time came closer, nope, I hadn't heard anything from anybody in England, and I began to worry, thinking maybe I was being presumptuous, maybe I didn't know what was going on. And as I went to sleep that night, the Lord gave me a dream. And in the dream, he was bringing me in uh, to sit in this chair, suspended in midair, and I was getting ready to watch something unfold. And... I, I thought, wow, these are good seats. And then as I, after a little while, I tried to figure out how I was staying up here in the air. And then I began to wobble, and I woke up. And I said to the Lord, are you trying to speak to me, or, or was I just hot under the covers? I looked to him for help, because he's the one that reveals the mysteries. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Catherine, all these miracles you've been seeing, have you done that? And I said, no, Lord. He said, all these opportunities I've given you have, you, have you got them for yourself? And I said, no, Lord. And he said, well, why are you worried about England now? Well, I, I repented and I said, I'm sorry, Lord, I, I trust you. Well, that day someone wrote to me saying they'd just seen a, a video of, of some of the miracles that we'd seen, cancer being healed, and, and they, they'd shared it with their pastor in the UK. And this pastor wrote to me and said, 
Um, we live about six miles from where Smith Wigglesworth uh, used to minister. We've been believing for God to release that miracle power again in our region and just saw your video on the Internet. Would there be any chance you could come and visit us and minister for us? And I smiled and I said, well, actually, I've got this two-week gap that I could, could come. And, you know, as a result, God has opened up all of the U.K. to us. And we travel now. I travel all over the world with, by the grace of God. And God's really taught me that we need to learn what it is to rest in Him. We are seated with Him in heavenly places. And that's the place where the miracle working power flows from. That's the place where, where we're just to learn how, what it is to rest in His company, to lean on our beloved. And, you know, I really believe that it's from that place that God wants to show us His secrets. And, and even now, I feel like the Holy Spirit speaking to me about somebody who is listening to this program and is suffering with terrible pain from arthritis particularly in your knuckles, but it's actually all through your body. And right now, in fact, I see you uh, sitting in, in an armchair, and right now I believe the Spirit of God, I declare the Spirit of God is coming upon you, and God is setting you free. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your grace just flowing over them right now. Somebody else has um, a, a very a difficult pain in their foot, particularly in the bunion area of their foot, uh, at the big toe joint there, God's touching you and healing you right now as you listen to this. And somebody else, I believe, you've, you've been diagnosed with brain cancer. We've seen God heal amazing, uh, amazingly so many cases of cancer. But I believe right now, this person listening, God is touching you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you touch and you restore. I thank you for deliverance and healing right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We celebrate what you're doing. You are so wonderful, Jesus. And, you know, even as I'm, I'm speaking this, I, I'm seeing somebody else who has stomach cancer, and God's going to touch you right now. Just thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, you are amazing. You are so good at restoring. Lord, I release healing in the name of your Son, Yeshua. Father, I thank you for your healing anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, you know, as you were praying, the presence of God noticeably, discernibly, just increased almost like a river. And, and what I believe is, yes, everyone that had those words of knowledge, that's yours. But whether Catherine said that word or not, by his stripes, you were healed. And there's a river flowing. And you just step right into that river with whatever condition you have and take it. It's yours. Because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. That means if one person can be healed, everyone can be healed. So go for it. And I can't wait for you to get a hold of Catherine's book, Living in the Miraculous, and her seven-message CD set, Mindset for Miracles. 
She says that you will stop the struggle for the miraculous and learn to be a gateway that God can step right through. That's what's going on with you right now. That you, that you're, you are a gateway and God is stepping right through you into your body, healing everything that needs to be healed. Like Catherine talked about arthritic conditions in fingers, but it's arthritic conditions in any place. And as a matter of fact, Catherine, I know you have an anointing for ears. Would you pray against ringing in the ears and for ears to open right now? Yes, I, I want to do that right now. And I also just sense those listening, I sense like a cloud of the Spirit, the Spirit of God just hovering. And whatever you need, you can reach out and take that right now because the Holy Spirit is wanting to touch you. I thank you that you just minister right now. I come against the ringing on the ears for those that are looking to you for help. I speak against deafness right now, and I release the presence of God for ears to be opened. I thank you that you're sharpening uh, hearing and you're sharpening eyesight too, Lord. I release your presence. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are touching and healing and restoring. I, I thank you too for back pain, particularly someone with within their lower back. I thank you for the hand of God touching and bringing restoration now. Whatever you need, just reach out and receive it. The presence of God is present with you, whether you're in your car or in your room. I believe the Holy Ghost is present right now. We come into agreement with His desire to touch you and restore you. We want to hear, too, about these miracles. Make sure you send us your testimonies. This is so exciting. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and by His stripes. We are healed. Well, I could not agree more with what Catherine has been prophesying right now. Uh, it's anything you need. It's a flow. It is a river of God's Spirit. And uh, I believe that people that have wrist problems, uh, you just bend your wrist. You'll see you don't have any problems anymore. Um, Catherine, it, uh, there is such a flow of God's Spirit. How would you like Catherine to come over your house? and teach you, and have the flow of that spirit, and all things are possible. Well, she can't do that, but the next best thing is her book and her seven-message CD set, Living in the Miraculous. We're making available the book, Living in the Miraculous, the CD set, Mindset for Miracles, available for a gift of $49. Call her right today. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, 
Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.